Hey guys, welcome back to the Wide Water Sports. Courtney here, and on this week's edition of the Wide Water Sports, we chat with reigning Ocean Six Series champion Ali Day from Kaima. We talk about how he first got in the sport with Kaima. He moved to Rilla Barrack Point, then obviously moved to the Sunny Coast, now the Gold Coast. He's obviously won numerous Kungulagata golds, and now we talk about how he won his first Kellogg's Nutrigrain Iron Person Series. The ups and downs, trying to get that second one, and then finally rebounding to win his second one this season in. Oh, it's great circumstances. You can just hear the um, the energy in his voice talking about how much passion he has about the sport and how he's grown as an athlete coming from Kaim and now basing himself on the Gold Coast. So I hope you guys enjoyed the chat as much as I did. When and why did you first get involved in surf lifesaving? I got, I got involved when I was eight years old and we were living in Kaim at, at that stage. So um, mum and dad were both obviously really fit and healthy and we lived pretty much across the road from the beach or in between East and Kendall's Beach in Kaima and um, I guess just going to the beach every weekend mum and dad just thought and, and plus swimming training and being part of the Kaima swimming club mum and dad just thought it was a, a good idea for us to be like me and my older brother Blair to be part of Nippers and um, so yeah we signed up I was in the 8s and I think Blair was in like the under 12s or under 11s at that stage and I've been doing it ever since. I'm 29 this year, so I'm not that great at math. But, yeah, I've been doing it for a, a while now and, and still loving it. And hopefully hopefully one day I can have a few kids and, um, you know, hopefully they can not do the same that I've done, but I'll definitely be putting in the nippers because it's not only taught me, like, um, you know, amazing skills in the surf and how to look after, look after yourself and look after people, but it's also really helped with uh, just you know, creating the person I am. So uh, we've got a lot to owe to my mum and dad for being so great and, and involving me at such an early age. I couldn't agree more. I did surf life saving and nippers with North Wollongong, and you just the skills you learn about how to how to enter the surf correctly and how to just interact with the waves and the sand is is um priceless, isn't it? Yeah, a hundred percent, mate. A hundred percent. It's um yeah, as I said, just really lucky that. Um, both mum and dad were really keen on keen on putting me and my brother into it and, and just really like blessed really mate that with the location that I was able to grow up you know grow up down in Kaima and um, we're a stone's throw from so many beaches and as I said mate it was just an ideal situation and probably just an, you know it was the ideal sport for, for me to do What was it about um, Surf Life Saving that you just loved straight away? Um, I loved I mean, I love so many sports at that young age, mate. Like, um, I'm still a massive sports fanatic. And that, that all started because my old man was right into playing footy himself. Like, he played up until he was 40. And so I was a fan of so many sports when I was at that age. But I think the one thing that hooked me in surf lifesaving was just, obviously just being in and out of the water. And uh, as I got a little bit older, like maybe around like 12, 13 sort of thing, I really started to... Um, I just that's at the age where I, I knew I wanted to be like a professional sports person and I knew I was pretty handy um, or pretty a little bit better at you know being in the water than, than most and then a little bit better at being in the water than, than the other sports that I was doing too so um, and then you combine that with the fact that uh, my, my dad was watching like the, the Kellogg series or the Uncle Toby series at that stage and, and that kind of got me hooked as well so that combination made of being in the water and, and also just you know I wanted to be an Ironman because um, 
I was watching Kai Hurst and Zane Holmes and Shannon Eckstein in and out of the water. And I thought, you know, that, that looks pretty neat to me. So, um, couple, couple of combinations, couple of factors, but, um, yeah, I'm so glad that, as I said, my dad got me involved and so glad I just, um, you know, I guess worked really hard and, and uh, here I am today. So I'm bloody, bloody, uh, bloody stoked. As you would be. You said about 12 or 13 is when you probably thought, yeah, I could probably make a goal of that. Was that when you moved to Rorilla Barrack Point? Yeah, so I stayed in Kiama for, it was a couple of years and then obviously being such a small town, um, there wasn't that many guys to do teams with and I knew from doing the local carnivals that there was a couple of guys at Rorilla that had teams and they were, they were getting coached every afternoon and things like that. So um, my dad, being pretty competitive, just like I am, uh, he just thought, oh, I'll take the boys up to Arilla, only a 10, 15-minute drive up the road and um, get, them, get them started there. So I think I started there at 12 or something like that, mate, or 11, so I'd have to ask my dad. And I stayed there until I was... I think I stayed there for 10 years almost. Um, stayed there until I was 20. And then um, eventually, yeah, at 20, I moved... Um, straight up to the Sunshine Coast. I was there for four years and now this is my fourth or fifth year on the Gold Coast now. So, mate, it goes so quick. It feels like yesterday. You know, I just moved up to the Sunshine Coast and um, yeah, here I am almost like been living on, on in Queensland for like 10 years now. Looking back on all your junior career on the South Coast, what was probably the highlight? Oh, highlight would have just been, uh, I wouldn't say it would have been a result. It just would have been the a combination of like the amazing like uh, friendships that I made with my mates down there at Rilla and, and a few of the other clubs at mainly Rilla and just the stories we had when we were together and you know hanging out and the surf was big or you know the session was really tough and just um, or just as I said hanging out outside of training and it came we became the best of mates and they still are really close to me today a lot of those guys and I think just the, the bond and the thing that we created down there at Rilla at the time was something really special and um, I'd have to say that if that makes sense that, that would definitely be the, the memory or like the my highlight of just you know every afternoon after school going to training with the boys and then after I finished school in year 12 just still hanging out with them still spending time with them and um, I think that was just to me that was really special. Absolutely. You mentioned at 20 and moved to Queensland. Why did you choose to join the Malulabar Club? Um, I, I, so I'd done, so when I was eight, when I was 19, sorry, I, I qualified for the, the professional series and I uh, qualified again the year after. And I had, had two pretty good years. I finished sixth overall in my first year and then seventh overall the following year. And it meant that I got an order, automatic qualification, but it, I'd done some training up on the Sunshine Coast and, um, with Kingy before Michael King, sorry, and um, he's an ex-winner of the gold and an ex-winner of the Uncle Toby series back in the early 90s. And um, I knew some of the boys up there in that squad, and I just said to mum and dad, I just want to see um, how I go with a professional coach and training with a, a group of professional athletes and and being looked after, and just just purely focusing on like training and recovery and nutrition, like just being being a professional athlete and not to mention being in a club that's really well financially supported and then plus um, the environment like you can pretty much train every day of the year in, in you know in 
your pair of togs, you know what I mean? So um, moved up there uh, when I was 20 and um, that Kingy definitely, you know, a lot of, one of a couple of my coaches down at home definitely helped me um, get me to the point I was at, taught me a lot of the training principles and how to be tough and disciplined and things like that. But I'd say, like to say Michael, uh, Michael King, he was the one that kind of um, sat me down and showed me, you know, how to how to do most things. And he taught me pretty much. I did my apprenticeship with him. If that makes sense, I did four years under him there, and um, he showed me really what it took to be like to be an Ironman. So um, just to, once again, like Marilla was really special and. Bar was just as equally as special, but in a different way. Was Kingy the coach that had the biggest influence on you, for sure? Oh, that's a, that's a tough question. I think at that period in my life, I think you know, as a teenager, as I said, I had a couple of had a couple of really good coaches down at home. I think Michael got me at that early age. Um, but I'd like to say, not just him, but some of the coaches I have at the moment. Um, uh, very influential. You know, have been really influential. I've kind of had. Yeah, I've been really blessed, mate, to be honest, like with, with Kingy and then obviously Zane Hamill is my coach now. Um, and then you throw in my, my swim coach now, Brett Carter. And, you know, I've got a, got a, it's just a, I mean, a different time in my life, I guess, mate. At that age, Michael was, was just perfect and so great for me. And, and now Zane, I'm at a different age of my life. And, um, you know, I need different things from those sorts of guys. And Zane's been incredible um, over the past, like, you know, four years as well. So, um, between those two guys, for sure, they've been definitely the most influential guys on, on my career so far. Um, can, you, can you still remember your first professional win? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I was up at Noosa. I, I had, I think it was my third or fourth year maybe in the series, and maybe it was my fifth, I can't remember, but um, I'd, I'd raced really well all year and raced really well the previous year and had been in and around the podium, do you know what I mean? Getting seconds and thirds and had been leading a couple of races that year and um, just unfortunately got picked at the post a couple of times and I remember the commentators, Guy Leach and Mark Howard, saying at the time, like, when's he going to win? Maybe it's going to be his day today. And um, Yeah, it was a five-race eliminator, probably my favourite race. Yeah. At that stage, it was pretty hard and I was still trying to figure out what I was more suited to in those, like, those formats. And, yeah, I remember it just being dead flat, pissing down rain, um, and just being in, you know, really good touch that day, I felt like, um, you know, as people talk about being in the zone and being in the moment, I was definitely just, uh, felt like bulletproof that day. And yeah, coming across the line first was bloody just a, you know, it was a tick off, just another a childhood dream, mate, was to always be a professional lineman and then it was to make the series and then the next goal was to get on the podium and then, Never thought I'd win a race and get to grab a banner and put that over my head, you know what I mean? So, um, yeah, mate, I've still got that picture um, framed up at home. It's definitely probably one of, one of the biggest highlights of my career. That's amazing. That of that win and the Coolangatta Gold, your first win in 2012, those two races sort of announced yourself on the scene, didn't they? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, 100% they did it. Um, you know, and that, that was largely due because of the, to Michael and the belief he put in me and, and the training and time that I was doing at that stage. And, um, you know, I got a lot to thank him for. And then also my parents for just, you know, letting me go up to Queensland and, and they supported me no matter what. So um, I really felt that from those three people at that stage. And, um, yeah, for the gold that year and 
Um, you know, obviously watched a lot of the races the year before, and I honestly believe that I could do well in the event. I didn't know that I could win it, um, but I knew I'd done the work and I had the mindset to believe. So, yeah, mate, for sure, they were the, the, the two biggest wins. And I thought, literally at that stage, I thought, how good's this? Like, you know, um, I could retire and, and be extremely happy because, um, you know, when I was 14, 15, I almost threw the sport away and um, I didn't think I was that talented, you know what I mean? And then you win a professional race and you win a, a big title like the Corn Cat of Gold. It's, um, it meant so much to me. So um, I'll always like, cherish those those couple of um, early victories, um, that's for sure. Why do you need to throw the sport away at 14 or 15? Um, I just wasn't that... I wasn't that wasn't that good. Like I think I wasn't good. It's just I wasn't really bad at it, and I wasn't really good at it. And you know, it was that age at that age where you know I was still playing footy. I was playing AFL and rugby league, and my mates were doing that. And I was sort of Ironman, such a one-out sport. It was you know such an individual sport. And at that stage, I really enjoyed surfing too. And and I found it really hard sometimes to put so much work into it, and then. Um, you know, get eights and nines and things like that. And um, it wasn't until, yeah, that 16, 17, where I kind of, I guess, put a bit more size on. And, and I, I probably thought I was working really hard at that age, you know, that 17, 20, 16. But I hadn't had that light bulb moment yet. And um, I had some, as I, as I mentioned before, I had some really good coaches at that stage. And they kind of just pulled me aside one off season and said, hey, like, if you. If you, you know, you outwork everyone else in the room and do all these little things right, like, um, chances are you're going you're gonna to be pretty successful. So I started applying those sorts of things, like, on a daily basis when I was, like, 16, 17, and I started really enjoying um, just training and being really fit and being really tough and, and wanting to do the things that no one else sort of wanted to do. And um, and then that year I went into the under-19s. They bring, they, they bring the ski leg in. Uh, you know, to the Ironman, it's normally in 15, 17, it's just board swim. Uh, in the 19s, they bring board swim ski into it. So it brings that whole other leg. It makes the race a, a lot longer. That suited me, and I was really good at the ski at that stage. Um, and, yeah, as I said, like, when they brought that in, I did the first local kind of Viverilla, and there was a couple of guys that came down from the Sydney clubs, and I remember winning that, thinking, oh, heck, what's this? Like, the training's starting to pay off. So... As I said, mate, there was a few things that, that nearly steered me off the, the garden path, but now um, I'm glad, as I said, I had the, the people around me to sort of pull me back on. Wow, I, I'm sure not many people know that you nearly gave it away. No, like, there, there was just a, st- a stage where I wasn't getting, like, you know, I was getting frustrated, going to carnivals and just going, oh, this sucks, like, I'm getting ninths and tenths and I'm not getting picked in teams and... Am I even good at this? Like, you know, I may as well just like go play footy and surf and do board riders and and just start a trade. You know what I mean? Like, I felt like, you know, if I wasn't doing this, that's what I probably would have done. So, um, as I said, mate, just really lucky with, um, yeah, those people pulling me aside. I had had an old old player who was extremely fit and he was a great swimmer and runner at that stage too and um, chasing him around definitely helped too so and then he made me he just went through uh, mate so yeah as you said yeah most people probably wouldn't know that but um, yeah it's a, it's a, that's, a, that's what's special about it I guess absolutely so since 2002 you first went in the, in the gold you won six of the past seven with Josh Minogue winning in 2014 yeah. that's quite a record isn't it <laughs> 
Yeah, mate. It's I never went into it, um, and I say this a lot of the time. Like when I got the second and the third and the fourth, it was like never about. Um, you know, obviously, obviously, always wanted to win one, but I was never wanted to like beat a record, or you know, I was never really about that. It was always just about me, and always just wanting to like perfect the race. Like it felt like the first year I did it, I really enjoyed it, and but I still felt like I could do things better. And that's the same as like this year. Like I'm going into the race because um, I still feel like there's parts of the race that I can explore and, and get like maybe half a percent or one percent out of it. So. Um, that's what keeps bringing me back and um and also <coughs> excuse me just the fact that one day i'm not going to be able to do it so uh, it's scary to say I'm at the end of my career now and um i want to make every opportunity every opportunity that i have i want to take them you know get the most out of it instead That's- of just Instead of not doing it, you know. Oh, absolutely! You may as well make the most of it. Do you think uh, ten's a reasonable goal? <laughs> ten would be very nice, mate. <laughs> I thought about that the other day when I was out paddling yesterday. Actually, you know, I was got dropped off at Bizane down at Kira. I call and and obviously that's where you start and finish the race. And you know, you start thinking, oh, how many more years do you reckon I'll have to? Um, to train to train for and when am I going to retire and things like that but as I said 10 would be extremely nice mate but at the same time I, I think that you know just doing it doing it as well as I can and, and just winning one is is something that I'm, I'm proud of and um, we'll just see we'll see mate like as I said I'm, I feel my body feels pretty good at the moment and I'll definitely be doing um, this year's race and um, we'll just see how the next three or four years pan out. I still got to win another four, so that would take me to 32 or something like that. So whether or not I've still got the urge to get out of bed in the morning and, and want to improve on that race, we'll, we'll, we'll have to wait and see. Well, Eckstein's won a couple. You guys, I think you... Did you break his record this year? That's correct, yeah. He, he was, you know, partly one of the main reasons why I did the race, mate. I had moved up to the coast... Um, my first year, and so I didn't do the goal. The second year, uh, so that first year when I was down there, I watched um, Kane win that day. And he's a freak. He's, just, he's a freak. Yeah, he's a freak. He's just an, an, a huge idol of mine, and it sounds funny saying because we still race each other and we're still we're still mates, and just one of those things, mate. Where I remember turning up to Aussie, so the national titles for the first time, and seeing him there, and being like, "Holy shit, there's Kane next time." You know what I mean? And, <laughs> Everyone's trying to line up like an all-star race, you versus him. Yeah, and people, and people, would, people would love it. I think it'd be awesome for our sport and things like that. But um, I also think sometimes to myself that it's great that it's great that um, we're not 
we, we might not ever do it against each other because I honestly think, you know, like he's he's the best. Um, and I'm only, I've only seen him and a few other guys win it. You know, I wasn't there in the movies when, you know, Kingy won and, and Guy Leach won and Darren Mercer won and, and Zane Holmes. And I wasn't, I didn't know how good, it's like comparing errors in footy, it's mm. really tough. So when, you know, when people ask me about Kane, I, I honestly think like on his day, he'd be, Extremely hard to and I guess people would probably say that about me as well. But um, I think sometimes it's nice just to just to leave it, and we just you know retire one day, and maybe we can have a race in the Masters or something. Like that. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, you, your success wasn't just restricted to the gold. You had your breakthrough series win in fourteen fifteen after a second in two thousand eleven and twelve, and a third in two thousand twelve thirteen. Why did it all come together that year? Oh well, it was. The year before, I'd done that. I'd done the goal the second time, and I got really crook after the race. And I, not crook as in like throwing up or any. I remember being really just. I felt like I'd been hit by a Mack truck, and I had a week off. I went down to J Bay and stayed with my partner. And um, I remember coming back to training and just feeling like something wasn't right. I just felt really fatigued, and went seen a lot of doctors and health professionals and blood tests and things like that. And everything came back just normal and. Um, I said to King, mate, I just, I just have no energy. Like I have nothing to give. My heart rate feels like it's sitting at 180 all day. I remember just sleeping so much, and it turns out like it was just one of those things where um, I needed, a, I needed a break physically, mentally, and emotionally. Like it, it'd been such a build up. I, you know, had one, just won a Kellogg's race, had won my second calling out of gold, and things like that. And um, so it turns out I just ended up pulling. Pulling the pin on that year, I, I did the gold and then took the rest of the year off. I didn't do the series, I didn't do state, I didn't do all the rest of it. And, and over that period of time to get myself better, I, I seek some advice from a guy called Keegan Smith, and he was um, he was put on to me by a friend, and he was the who's working with the Roosters at that stage when they won the premiership that year. Yeah, um, I've heard of him before as well. Yeah, yeah, he's a great health health and strength coach, and I sat down with him in Sydney, and he was like, mate, like. Um, your diet's pretty crap. How's your sleep? That, that looks not that great. What supplements are you taking? You like, you're doing the things you, you love, and you're doing the things that you think are fun, and things like that. And it turns out I, I probably wasn't. Like I just burnt both ends of the candle, and as I said, I just felt physically, emotionally, and mentally just really tired. So I took that whole year just to get myself right. I know this is a long-winded answer, but um, I feel like that was one of the biggest contributing factors I, I just I discovered why I love the sport again I completely uh, 180 turned my diet and recovery around I became the ultimate professional when it came to what, what was I doing around the hours after training whether that be sleep or getting an ice bath or getting a massage and things like that so um, that was one of the big factors I think that's just that, that age and that mindset too mate. Like the worst thing it just happened to me and it's, I don't sleep that bad but I thought, oh, if I get the opportunity to race again and I'm at my 100%, um, you know, full bill of health, I'm going to give it everything I can and I'm not going to worry about trying to please other people. I'm just going to do this and do it for myself and make myself proud. So I set little goals and, as I said, I had, you know, I had a lot of support along the way and I think you mentioned it before, all the little things just fell into place, mate. I had 12 months off and then went over to Perth and on the, on the first day and then we, then we had to race two days in a row and the next day I got second I think I got maybe a fifth and then the next day I got a second or a third and then down at Newcastle I 
you know, was beside myself thinking, geez, I'm not going to get this close to winning. I know I got second and third in all the years, but well, I felt like we were light years behind Shannon. Do you know what I mean? He was winning races and winning the series easy, but that year, like, he didn't get off to a great start and it came down to that last race um, at Newcastle that day. And and just thinking, man, it'd be nice to win, obviously. And yeah, obviously, he won the race that day, but I got second to overall in the three race eliminator. And yeah, got my first series. So just that really good combination, mate, of, you know, growing up a bit mature and learning how to be my ultimate professional. And I think having that 12 months off did me the world of good. After a couple of seasons uh, with King in Malulabar, you moved to Surface Paradise in 2015. Why was that? Um, it was because at the stage of Malulabar, everything, I was, I was really enjoying life. My pa- uh, partner just moved. Uh, we had a house there on the Sunshine Coast. We still have it. Uh, my brother owns that now. And um, I was just about to go back to uni and things like that. So it, was, uh, it was a case of, unfortunately, the surf club. The surf sports program was pretty big there at the club at the time. There was almost 10 or ten or 12 guys and girls in the Ironman series at that stage. And um, unfortunately, they just fell to Holland and started a bit of financial problems. So they cut the surf sports, cut some surf sports program. Um, so that meant Kingy was, he took a job somewhere else and kind of just had to leave, unfortunately. And um, I started looking at contracts in my phones and the next day. Because people were asking me what's what's happened and what's going on and things like that, and it just turned out that you know I got a, a little call, a text message saying from Travis Indy, and he just said we we're pretty 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 well pretty good friends at that stage. We wouldn't say we we're close or anything like that. And he messaged me and said, "Hey mate, like I'd love to have a chat to you. I'd love to help you, not just in your Ironman career, but I want to help you in the future as well." And that really, you know, I really I still remember that now. Like he was so wonderful. Not that Iron Man doesn't matter, but like I want to help you in all aspects of your life. I had a couple of conversations with him prior to that, prior a couple of years before that, and that really um, stuck out. And I just thought it was going to be on that one and decided to move down to um, the Gold Coast. And it was a pretty big move, like, you know, it's going really well. And, uh, but I also see it as like one of the best things that's ever happened, you know what I mean? Because the four years I've had on the Gold Coast have, have obviously been really successful for me, but at the same time, um, they've been really successful in other ways too. Like, I've got to open a gym down here. My partner's got a great job. We've got a great little place. Like, we have a dog down here. We're married now. So, a lot of, I've said a lot of things, a lot of amazing things have come out of it too. So, um, there's certain aspects that I miss, that I miss between, you know, living on the Sunshine Coast and those, those days when we train bikini and things like that. But, Honestly, don't think they'll ever happen again. You know, um, I was at a stage where, like, um, you know, I was training alongside Kendrick Louis, Josh Minogue, Matt Paul, Matt Bev, Wackway, Hayden White, like the list of guys. Like, you'll never get a squad like that again. So, um, it was it was pretty special, mate. But yeah, as I said, like, still loving it down here. Obviously, so since then you've had a couple of near misses: a second and fifteen, sixteen, a fourth and sixteen, seventeen, and. The, the, the much-publicised heartbreaking loss in 17-18. Yeah, yeah. Why was it so hard to replicate that win, straight like that 14-15 win, you reckon? Oh, it's just, I mean, the, the, I think Shannon, you know, that year that I beat him, I think he sort of came out and got a lot. You know, he, he went up another gear, and a lot of other guys did too, and um, the, 
you know, the, the level, you know, the level, as I said, I think the level just really went up a couple of notches and, um, they're just so hard to win because you've got to, you've got to be so consistent. If you made, you've had one bad race, you can kind of call your series over and it's not even a bad race. It could be an eighth or a ninth place, which is a top 10 result, which is so hard to get these days in the series. But, um, when, you know, I think, as I said, those years were just, they, were, they weren't hard. Like, as you said, they were bloody fantastic results. It's just, you've just got to be that 1% or 2% a little bit better on the day. And sometimes you've got to get a bit of luck too. Like, we're in a sport where, you know, we're in Mother Nature and things like that. And sometimes things go your way and sometimes sometimes things don't. But those years definitely uh, definitely helped me. And they were some of the, you know, some of the best years of, of my racing. I think sometimes, like, I've had, I've raced better years and had worse results than sometimes the, the, than the ones that I've actually, you know, the two series that I've won, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? Like, sometimes I might have had a third overall or a second overall in the series, but I felt like, at that point, they were the best races I could have had. I was just racing the greatest of all time, you know what I mean? Like in Shannon. So, um, but mate, yeah, like this year, obviously, uh, sorry, last season was, was just, you know, the icing on the top. Like, uh, you know, I knew that I could could win a series. Like I'd gotten close so many times. I just wanted to prove to myself that I could win one again. So talk us through that loss to Matt uh, Belialacqua. Um, what can you remember from that day? Like, just you got you had it in sort of you had it sort of in the bag, and then just sort of this freak circumstances saw you lose it. Yeah, it was just one of those things, mate. Where um, of course, and, and you want sport to be like that. It's one of the reasons why I love it. It came literally down to the last race of the Eliminator. Um, I think off memory, Bevy almost got knocked out a couple of times, like in the the prelim races um and not that you after that you want to you want to go all the way you want sport to be um you know you want it to be go right down to the wire i love those games i love those sporting moments when they're like that and um i felt like i had a really good race in that last race it's just um bevy and me were literally going out in the last lane stroke for stroke and um he just got the made the best of a runner made a, a little bit of a better decision than me and um he got second overall in that race and I got third and it just wasn't enough. You know, it wasn't enough on the points on the day and, and overall to give me the series title. I'd, I'd made a few little mistakes earlier on in the year and, and I think I mentioned that before. They're the ones that cost you. It's not, you know, you you got to be up there in those races and, you know, every, every freaking point counts and I was... You know, obviously gutted. You know, I've still got photos on my phone of what my face looked like when I crossed the line that day. And now, I mean, sorry, in the lead up to last year, I just thought I looked at those photos like almost once a week and things like. That. I thought this is never gonna. I'm not gonna. Not that I'm not gonna let this happen again. I wasn't racing because of. Oh, I want to prove to everyone that I can win and things like that. It was more or less just like, okay, well, I've felt what it feels like to lose a series by that that close. Now I know pretty much know how bad it can get if that makes sense so every day of training and, and even in the races like I felt like I just put everything I put more on the line you know what I mean I committed more and um I felt like you know if I felt the worst now now not that it was time to feel the best but I just thought nothing could get any worse you know what I mean yeah did, did you change your approach or training between the um 17 18 and then obviously the most recent season um it probably, it probably, yeah, it probably did. It probably did a little bit. I'd like to probably think that I stepped up again, like in that in 
terms of professionalism. Like I, I reckon I ate better. I reckon I looked after myself better. But I also think I trained a lot smarter. You know, I was training. It's one thing to train really hard. It's another thing to then be smart and take your ego out of it and have a day off. You know what I mean? I felt I felt like I, I dealt with those little things really, really well. So, um, and then more so just mentally too, mate. To be honest, like I, you know, I. I as I said, I felt what the, you know felt what it was like to lose a series by one or two points after putting everything into it. So I wasn't scared of that happening again. I was scared. I was, I was just wanting to do everything I could to, to to let that not happen again. So um, yeah, mate, it was that, that that felt awesome. You know, obviously winning winning this year. It's, I know it's hard to compare, but how does the first one compare to the second one? Because the second one, you obviously had that, that gutting loss beforehand. So which one's probably, if you look at them equally, which is probably the more important to you? Um, oh, I'd like to say the first one, it, it, it did set me up. It gave me a lot of confidence. But it also also took away a little bit too. Right? I almost felt like I didn't deserve to win. I almost felt like I was too young and Shannon got second. And I felt like he was a bit unlucky and things like that. And and then, so I got a lot out of that. But I think pro- I'd have to, I'd probably have to say this year, mate, because I felt like I well and truly deserved this year. Like I didn't have a great start to the year. I got eleventh down at Kings uh, Queenscliff, sorry, in round one, and I was so shitty. You know, I was just done the gold, and two weeks later I turned up, and I felt like I was in pretty good form. And then that happened. So I was, I was proud of the way I turned around. I won, won at Cool, and I got second at Wollongong. I won. You know, one down at Crumb, and I didn't have the greatest race. I don't think again at, at, at uh, Surfers, and then obviously one down at Wanda. So I just put a more complete package together, and I was just really, really proud of the way I handled things um, leading up to it, the pressure and the expectation, and, and everything like that. So I was, I was stoked. You've obviously had a number of um, achievements, including nation, national, state medals, and stuff we've talked about, like the gold and the. Ocean Six Series wins. What's the highlight? If you go, if you look at Ali Day, what is the number one achievement to you so far? Ah, mate, that's a that's an awesome question. I think probably I was thinking about it when you messaged me last night. I was thinking probably just like you know qualifying for the series for the first time was something that I was really proud of. Yep. Um, I'd have to say that, and then I think you mentioned it before. That first Kellogg win was pretty special too, mate. Like. Um, you know, it, it just everything came in. You know, everything fell, everything sorry fell into place, and um, yeah, I'd, I'd have to say, you know, one of those two moments, mate, was qualifying and then winning my first race, mate, was something I'll uh, cherish forever. Absolutely. How do you think the training um, at surfaces has helped you take your career to the next level? Oh, that's another. That's an awesome question. Um, one of the big reasons why I went down there to surfers was because of the just it's such an open open beach you know what I mean I was training at Mooloola um, you know I grew up on the south coast I surfed so much I loved going big waves and things like that and then I think I went up to Mooloola not that I lost that but I kind of lost that sense of um, touch and feel and with the ocean and um, that was one of the other big reasons why I joined surfers and that beach and the, the sessions and the coaching up there not that it's different but it's just you know, you're training in such a such an open beach, so you just you're in you're in the in the elements every day um, up there. Whether that be a northerly or southerly, whether it's six foot and you're losing your ski, or you're learning how to roll, or you're learning how to swim under two different waves, like it's 
Um, it's definitely taught me a lot because I think that was the. I've still got a few little missing puzzles to the to my puzzle, but I feel like that was one of the biggest missing pieces in mine. Like I, I was yeah probably the thinnest. Um, but at the same time, I definitely wasn't like um, that great in the surf or anything like that. If that, but I was I was good, but I probably wasn't at the level where Shannon Shannon was at. You know, so yep. um, now I feel like I, um, you know, after working for the last four years, I finally feel like I've just gotten to there now, mate. So uh, still a lot of work to do, as I said, and still still a few more missing pieces to that puzzle. But um, you know, I feel like. Um, progressing pretty well. How's it training with fellow South Coast product, Kirstie Higgison? Obviously, you, she's from now Kalbara, but you guys trained together at Rilla um, Barrack Point, and now you obviously are on the surface together. Yeah, it's, 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 an, it's awesome, mate. Like, we're really, we're really good friends, and I've got so much respect and time for Kirsty and her family, and um, it makes you feel like when you, it makes you feel like you're at home when you're training with her, and um, I get a lot out of her because um, you see, she's probably uh, if, if one of the best, if not the best, but being in those big, ugly conditions on a ski or a board or swimming, and when I see her just really stoked out and really happy and confident, it reminds me of the times we had together with all my mates down at Rorilla. So, um, just one of those one of those things, mate, that uh, brings up those those really good feelings. And um, Kirsty's uh, just a, a, a a legend of a human being, and we're really lucky at Surface to have have her a part of it. Absolutely. Do you think a series wins just around the corner for her? hundred percent. Yeah, definitely. I think you know she's she's been through a pretty rough trot over the last couple of years with some injuries and illness and things like that, and um, she's still only really young. And I honestly think that she's just around the corner from um, you know from winning a series and stringing one together. I know she knows what it takes and. Um, as I said, she's had a pretty rough couple of years, but I honestly think that um, her, her best is yet to come. A couple of quick fi- uh, hitters to finish off. Who was your idol growing up? Oh, in, in surf life saving, I probably. Uh, that's a. T- <laughs> I feel like I've said that to every question. I'd probably say I'd be a tie between a, a, maybe. I really loved. Um, I loved Kai Hurst. And I love Zane and I loved Shannon. So maybe those three guys are, are the ones that I watched. Toughest competitor you've had to compete against? Oh, I'd have to say um, I've competed against some pretty good guys over the last, you know, the last sort of decade. But I'd like to say Kendrick who's my age. We grew up racing each other all the way through, you know, from nippers to now. And oh, we train together. Uh, we're good mates. And he's uh, definitely the hardest... <laughs> Why, what, why is it so hard to compete against Kendrick? I think he's, he's just so competitive. Like, I don't think I've had anyone more competitive. Um, you know, I have, but I think it's just because we've just... And we've just had such a great... We've just had such a good rivalry, you know, the between me and him. Like, he's... Um, we're the same age, you know. We, we qualified around the same sort of time and... Um, he just, as I said, he just he brings the best out of me, and I like to think I bring the best out of him. And um, he just doesn't give you an inch at all. <laughs> um, look, looking back on all your uh, competitions, is there one race you're like, oh, those conditions were just the toughest ever? Oh, I'd probably say uh, Portsea about six 
six or seven years ago, probably even longer now. I um, it's my second year in the series, so it was back in oh, 2010, maybe. We went down there and it was uh, big surf. I was still young. Uh, um, yeah, I'd have to say though that day, mate, that was just pretty wild when we raced that day, and um, yeah, one of those memories that bloody hated at the time, but uh, I look back look back on that now and really cherish it you know what I mean absolutely on the flip side is there a favourite beach that you love competing at Newcastle I'd say I've just Newcastle I've always had really it's been a happy hunting ground for me yep Um, but also anywhere on the south coast mate any chance you know those north Wollongong rounds that we've had over there the last couple of years I absolutely love um, racing down here so yeah between between Newcastle anywhere in New South Wales mate (laughs) unreal of the three legs of the Ironman, which is your favourite and least favourite? Oh, it depends on the conditions, to be honest. Um, you know, uh, I really love being on the ski in tricky conditions. I reckon that's really fun. Uh, least favourite would probably be uh, oh, bored in the flat, even though I'm quite good at it. It's just really hard. <laughs> of all the formats that you guys race, which is your favourite? Oh, it'd have to be the enduro, like a, an M-shape enduro or a 50-minute enduro or an eliminator. Anything that's, um, that's, that's you know, longer than, than half an hour, um, I really enjoy. You've mentioned there's still some uh, pieces to the puzzle for Ali Day. What are some future goals for you? Um, oh, the, the biggest one now, mate, would probably be the Australian Ironman title. Um, I've had a second in that race before and a third, two-thirds, sorry, and um, I'd I've gone close a couple of times in previous years, but that's something that I'd, I'd love to um, love to win, and, and uh, I think that's the last the last little box for me to tick, mate. Uh, finally, obviously, congrats on the recent wedding. Um, oh yeah. Uh, what's next for Ali Day? Because you said before we started recording, you're going to Hawaii soon. That's right. Yeah. So yeah, a couple, couple of interesting things. I'm like going to Hawaii to race Molokai, other Molokai Oahu race on, a, on an ocean ski. So. Literally just learning how to paddle one of those at the moment. Um, and the other, obviously getting married was, um, you know, you talk about achievements and things like that. It's definitely the best day of my life. And I don't know what it's obviously like to have kids, but um, I think that won't be too far down the track for me and my wife either. So, mate, some, there's some really exciting things ahead. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time, Ali, and um, good luck in Hawaii and the rest of the season. Legend, mate. Legend. Thanks so much for having us on. No worries. We'll talk soon. Awesome. See you, mate. Thanks, mate. Have a good one. Bye. And thanks, guys, for joining us on another edition of the Wide Water Sports.